spoken lately. I haven't thought about flying for a long time. I haven't dreamed of that moment when I was alone above the clouds for a long time. I haven't dreamed of waking up in a room surrounded in blue and green grass more years than I could dream of memory. I haven't walked back into the past or scratched on the doors of my origins, where it all came from, since I held up that cape for the last time. Return to Kent Town 10th year anniversary edition is a revised version of Ambien's first poetry book. The book can be purchased from Amazon and it contains numerous additional material. Spoken Hi, it's Andian from Spoken Label. A spoken Label was originally set up at the beginning of 2016 and records show it started off really as a one-off podcast chatting to writers, poets and artists. Over time, it became monthly, then weekly and occasionally nowadays it goes on that to a more regular basis. To date, I've done over 330 sessions and I'm always looking for new poets, writers, artists, singer-songwriters, general interesting creative people to come onto the podcast. You can find this on all the usual networks over Apple, iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay and dozens of others. But it does have a central database of spoken label, which is all one word, dot bandcamp.com. Obviously now, to help me with the running costs of this podcast, I'm always grateful for any kind of donation to assist me with it. You can either do the donation through the Bandcamp page by putting in a fee to download one of the free podcasts, or send it over to my PayPal to aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. My email address again is aen1mpo at yahoo.co.uk. Enjoy the podcast. Take care. Bye. Spoken Label. Hi guys, Andy N, Spoken Label. In the house on a Sunday afternoon. It's lovely out here today as well. So we're quite local today, actually, local-ish anyway. Now, I've got a writer with me today, and a wonderful writer. When I first met them on... Ashley, which night did we first get talking at? Was it Old Beehive? I think it was part... Weren't you at Word Stafford? I've never done Word Stafford. I've never done Word Stafford, actually. Oh, yes, I did. Yes, I did. Yes, I did. I don't think we chatted, so it probably was your Beehive where we first chatted. Yeah, Yeah, it probably would have been, yeah. It would have been because I did a headline spot for the wonderful Mel Wardle Woodend's Nights, Word Stafford. Oh, that was over lockdown. And Ashley Edge, who was with me today, was there. And... Over time, we've got talking of her on Facebook, and I've seen that I've seen Ashley read a few times now, mostly at Old Beehive. I don't think I've, I don't, where else have I seen you read at? It's probably Old Beehive mostly, isn't it? I've done uh, like a bolt, a uh, block from the blue. Yeah, I've been blocked. Oh, I've already seen you there then as well, right? So I've, I've, I have read at that as well. Hall. Yeah, wonderful Finn Hall. Yeah. And Carl if Old no, Beehive I mean. is run by a wonderful Clive Osman and Nick Lovell, we'll make sure that gets plugged as well. Great yes, nights, all three of them. So. Yeah, Jesus. great poets. Oh, bloody nutters is the word I would use. Yeah. <laughs> what we love. Me and Amanda love them. So, anyway, Ashley, we're here to talk about you today. Now, 
I know we're rich, obviously. You're from the originally from the Macclesfield area. The shows people are wondering. That's about 20 miles away from where we are. And then now you live in Stoke on Trent, another area I know actually as well. So tell us about yourself and how's your creativity then? Where did all this come from? Um, I, it, it was innate, to be honest, mate. I don't remember a time where I wasn't writing or reading. I was precocious. Um, I think I started writing about five or six years of age, to be honest. Excellent. Um, so, yeah, writing little ditties, reading comic verses and loving poetry and, and plays on words and things. And I know that, like, I went to a school where it was encouraged. So, like, you, you know, like, age eight, my poetry was on the walls in schools. So that also encouraged me because I was like, well, if the teacher likes it, then I'll keep going sort of thing. And then, yeah, at 16, I tried to get published for the first time got published and went oh well that's good okay no i don't want to be a lawyer i want to be a writer i've been doing it for 10 years and apparently wow. people like it so i changed my my college a levels i changed everything and where i was going in life and yeah so that's probably where it started yeah you were telling me when you went to, i know you did uni uni didn't you at john moore's university yeah. and that, well that was out creative writing as well wasn't it, it as well was, so yeah yeah, I started off as joint honours with English Lit and lasted three months and went, <laughs> I really just want to focus on the creative writing. I don't want to sit here and analyse George Harrison and and things like that. I want to I want to sit here and be the writer and the creator. So, yeah, changed and just went full single honours and had the best time of my life, to be honest. Yeah, I did. I said before, you know, I did mine at Bolton. Mine was a joint degree in acting and creative writing because we couldn't do a single on creative writing. I did acting, and I'll tell you about my acting stories off mic because I've got a few of them. None of which, none of which are for public knowledge, because <laughs> I'm still barred from one theatre. <laughs> oh, really? oh, that's all I'm going to say. Over um, turning up drunk on stage, right? <laughs> over a run of quite a famous play, but anyway, that's off mic. That one, okay. Now, obviously, Ashley, um, people are wondering. Obviously, we're going to be doing some quite have to do some clarification on this. Because obviously your work itself, I know, is out and people can find you online under three different names. So yeah. we would better do the clarification on that seriously. So I'll, I'll let you I'm, explain that first of all. Further. I was born awkward, wasn't I? <laughs> 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 it's because I've been going through a name change, but in really slow motion and for different reasons. So... Uh, some I'm not discussing. Well, I discuss it in my poetry, so come listen and you'll hear why I've changed yeah. my or, name. Or read it, or read it, yeah, so or it's easy. It, yeah. yeah. Um, so I was born Hannah Mitchell, and I'm okay with talking about my dead name. It's it's not a problem. Um, I changed that to Hannah Edge when I was about 19 or 20, and then in the last six months, I've changed my name fully to Ashley Edge. So you can find me under Hannah Mitchell, Hannah Edge, and Ashley Edge. Um, but moving forward, it will be Ashley Edge only because yeah. we're happy with, with our name. It feels true. That's what I want to be people be aware of, us like because you do have a book out from a couple of years ago called yeah. Those Days, These Days by under the name of Hannah Edge. Yeah. People, what I want to talk to you about today is obviously the book itself is about to get a reissue under obviously your new name of Ashley Edge. Yeah. So yeah. I have to ask you, obviously, first of all, then tell us a bit about the background of this book, then. Where did it all come from? So a lot of it is actually historical poetry from my university days and going through certain traumatic childhood incidents and 
collating them over the, the, the last few years. Um, the way the book came about wasn't even actually myself. It was my publisher um, came forward to me, having seen me and knowing me as a poet, um, and wanted to give me an opportunity, if I was interested, to mm. compile either a pamphlet or a book. Um, and I had enough in my back catalogue to compile what I felt was a really good introduction into who I am, which is why it doesn't follow one solid theme. You've got multiple themes throughout. You've got a bit of politics, a bit of sport, a um, bit of childhood memories um, and childhood love. Uh, I think the main theme is is the gay theme because I came out at a very young age. From what I can gather as a young age anyway, when I speak to other people, I was 13. So it's very young. That is young. Yeah. That, that is young. Respect to you. I was like, I know I've known people have done it to that age themselves, mm. but like it, that is an early age, and to have the strength as a person to do that. So you've got respect straight away. Strength or stupidity, because I'm a gobshite. So, oops, sorry. Um, <laughs> um, I, I, let's say strength, right? Because I, I'm not bothered if you swear, actually, honestly, right? It just means I've got to put an adult content warning on the top of the phone. I not though, but I did have the mouth of a trucker, as people who know me will know. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it, it makes it is what it is what you are as a person. I always believe, right? So don't 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 have to hide from me, right? <laughs> I'm not I'm not better. So I very very rarely swear mm. in my poetry. I know other people that don't swear in their normal vocab, but then the swearing comes out in their poetry instead. Um, yes, same for me, not really, because it's not like um, I've been writing since I was ten, and I've only really just started going to flash fiction now, and the poetry's calming down. I never see swear with poetry. I've got two poems out of thousands that I've got yeah. F words in. Flash fiction, it. that's another ball game. The F bombs fly all the time in that one. <laughs> Maybe it's the way we perceive poetry then. Yeah, you I know? think it is. And the way we taught it as well. I think it is because people review your first book. I think it's really quite a technical bit of writing that you've done in this book. So it definitely deserved to get published. It's a really, really good book. So that one. Now, obviously, I'm not. I don't want to go into tons of the books. I just want people to read it. But there's a couple of questions I want to talk to you about with it. Yep. People will obviously see the book itself. The book is actually 33 poems, and the first 17 are under those days. Then the other 16 are under these days. People will wonder. I'm curious. This. Yep. What made you split it into the two sections? Before and after um, coming out, I think. Yeah, I thought it was that, yeah. I thought it was that, yeah. Of the coming out, and yeah, that, that it it made me feel whole. At that point, it made me feel whole. Later on, it didn't complete me, um, and I had to delve further into myself, which I've done. Um, so that stuff isn't in the book. Um, that, that'll be shown later and is getting shown as we speak in slams and things um so that that's for future publication <laughs> but yeah this book yeah i would say i would say the turning point is 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 where i come out and then after that respect you straight away with that because like it's i don't i'm not always a keen and they'll ask you direct questions about poems and stuff but certainly i absolutely loved the first poem back garden yeah. goodbyes which is the first poem in the book because i love the symmetry where the foot is head the hello the book is actually a goodbye. And it there's something about always twigs about. I love that sort of symmetry like that. But tell us about that poem then, because I wonder nice to talk about one of the poems, certainly. We can do. I mean, this this poem, it doesn't actually tell the whole story. I, I 
I wrote this poem a long time ago, actually. This poem oh, was written, yeah, I've, I believe it was third year at university and it was part of my portfolio, to be fair. Oh, <laughs> which whoa. Is why I'm polished. Yeah, whoa. <laughs> um, now, people are wondering, you're only 23, aren't you? So that's why it's well, yeah. only a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that, mate, yeah. I certainly go back to my age, but I don't oh, think... No. I don't know. I don't believe in age. I'm not a fan of, like, I've got friends that are 80. I've got friends that are eight and they both <laughs> offer me wisdom. So, and insight. So, yeah, no, me, same thing. It's just a number, as, as cliched as that is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Like, I've got friends that are in the early 20s. People know I'm yeah. 50. And I've got one of my That's best it. mates is retiring next year. In fact, my brother in law's six years older than that. So, yeah. Exactly, mate. Yeah, it's 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 more about what how you've lived and how you've experienced that life and have you gobbled it up and enjoyed it and and you know what I mean and become who you are. Um, and you can have you know and you can have insights as as young as four. I think kids are the best because they haven't learnt societal um, constructs yet and and they haven't learnt to filter. And I don't, I never learned to filter. I have autism. So filtering is something that is just a, an alien concept to me. I've, I spent years trying to learn it and feeling bad that I couldn't. And now I make no apologies for who I am. <laughs> if I say the wrong thing, call me out on it. I will own it and I'll look at it. I won't have been mean doing what I'm doing in what I've said. I'm just, I've got no filter. So yeah. Um, but like I say, Call me out on it. I take it the right way, to be fair. <laughs> well, probably it's, also, probably it's a lie that really. I think when you get confidence mm -hmm. in your work, and I, I know it's the same to me. There's more flash friction nowadays, but you're direct. I think there's yeah. too much of people in society when you won't say what you feel. Yeah, and then you'll find out later that they were thinking something else, whereas with, at least with me, you know that what I say is what I mean. I say I like you. I really do like you. Why would I say it otherwise? Like, exactly. Exactly. I didn't like you. Yeah. You know. So there's no fake, and I can't be doing with fake. Um, aside from anything else, it hurts me then when I find out that that, that was a mask. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because no, I can talk to somebody else. You know. Um, and that's no good to either of us. So now we've got to start again. <laughs> you do like yeah. it. That's what I loved about your book and. People will read this book. Obviously, we're going to come on to the make of the book's getting reissued shortly, which is deserved yes. under your under you. name of Ashley Edge. But like it was, um, it's certainly like your book's very direct, and it's I love the fact like it, people can read that book and they know what you are like as a person. There's yeah, no, it's it's really technically wrote, it's really technical, but it's not fake. It's genuine. There's a passion in your book, and you can feel it, Marv. Yeah, I always try and stay true and raw as much as I will edit. I like the, the 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 pure feeling, the emotion that was there that caused me to write that poem. I mm. like that to stay. If that goes, then I've over-edited. So that to me is usually where the line is. So sometimes I will keep lines in that other other poets might edit out because to me they're important to the rawness of the emotion. Um, do you get what I mean? <laughs> yeah, completely, completely. Yeah, and no, I do. I do. It's like it's. There's always two ways of looking at it. Sometimes you can, I've done this sometimes, but I've done the other way where I wrote, let's say, a 50 line poem and I've looked at it and I thought to myself, that's too much. Yeah. I'll make four poems out of it. <laughs> I can yeah. realize there's, there's no right and there's no wrong way with poetry. No, there's not. I, I've done that and I've also done the opposite of writing three poems and then merging them into one. Yeah. Um, they often can be jigsaw pieces like that um, or one thing will inspire another and they might work as separate entities. They might work as one whole. 
Um, I'm always playing around with my poetry. I'm weirdly masochistic and I enjoy the editing side um, and the chopping. I'm, not, I'm awkward in that. Sometimes I do. I think, it, I think you'll probably agree with some pieces you can, I can do 10, 11, 12, 13 drafts on. But other yeah. ones, you look at it and think, I can't do anything else worth that after one draft and leave it the way it done. is. Yeah. But that's because it's just come out whole and that's yeah. okay too. Some poems come out whole, some poems, you know, they come out in pieces, little jigsaw pieces, and you might need to pull it apart and put it back together again because the picture's slightly different to what you thought it was. Um, yeah. yeah, that's what that's, that's happened to me. That yeah. is it. There's no set, there's no right, there's no wrong way with it. So that's what I love with this book and yours because I can feel some of the pieces you look at me, you know straight away that's took you probably months to get that way. But other ones oh, you can, like that. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. and someone and I'm not going to name them because I can tell straight away because I'm clever. But <laughs> not after that. <laughs> but I can read thinking, yeah, she's wrote that fairly quick. But it's come out the yeah. way it has, and it's worked. So, but that, my so... favorite. I, I'll, I'll be honest when I, when it happens because hmm. it doesn't happen very often that they come out whole. Um, the only poem in this book that came out whole is "Keep It Under Wraps." And I know because I, t- I, I can remember it so clearly writing it. And it's the poem about coming out, um, if that helps you remember, um, coming out to my mum. And um, so maybe I'll read it later if, if we've got time. Just yeah, I'd, I'd love, love, love to hear that one, definitely. That's fine to me. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, obviously, tell us a story about then why the book's getting reissued now then. Obviously, on DD, yeah. on, your, on your new name then. So I've got a really wonderful publisher who totally empathises that I am non-binary, gender fluid, and that being called Hannah makes me cringe, makes me not happy, and it doesn't feel like you're talking to me. But talking to me like Ashley, I do feel like me. Um, I'm not a man. I am not a woman. I am neither. I am both. I am whatever. Um, and it was really important to me that my true voice is is not my true voice my um my true name should i say is is what i am displaying yeah, yeah. to the world um hannah would feel like more like a pen name now to me and i don't i'm not a fan for me personally of, of using a pen name being a poet because i'm using so much of my true self in my yeah, poetry yeah. i i i'm i i'm my soul so damn well you're gonna know my name at the same time <laughs> i'm no, not no. an honest um so I spoke to my publisher and they were like, yeah, if it's making you unhappy to look at it and it's not actually feeling like your book, we need to get that fixed. Um, let's let's do a reissue. And it was their idea. Um, I then wrote a poem that I they've seen me perform and they want it in there as a bonus um, because it well, gives an... I don't want to give too much spoilers away. Is that the poem you sent, me over, sent over to me the other day? It is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, just so that it's almost like a forward to explain why there's been a reissue. Um, I might also write a few words as well to help the reader um, to go alongside the foreword. Um, but yeah, basically it's because I no longer see myself as Hannah and because my poetry is so personal to me and important, my book had to reflect Ashley, not Hannah. Yeah, yeah, no, it makes perfect sense of that story because like uh, people read the book, the book there is a journey, massive journey in this book, and I sold it straight away. And the po- the poem you've you sent over to me is that as an extra piece, 
is well, I was talking more like regenerative fluidity, and I, and yeah, it's a really excellent piece, and it deserves to be in the front of that book straight away because I think it's it's quite yeah. I'm not talking about the context. I'm not the structure of it is quite different to the rest of the book, but yes. I think it makes sense to go in the book because it's wrote as right. of that. It covers the same journey. Does that make sense? Does it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, it's no surprise because I've been writing differently for the past couple of years, and. I hate talking about poetry in this way because it can sound quite pretentious, but <laughs> I used to be a page poet, and that's what mm. this book is. It's page poetry. Yeah, and the last awesome. couple of years, I've been doing performance poetry, which is completely different, and Gender Fluid is a performance piece, as I'm sure you can tell, um, compared to these, and that's why yeah. it's structured so differently, and it's got a different sound to it. It's got more of my sound. It sounds closer to my voice like you can hear me speaking it is oh is I, the I certainly say you're not performance it's a fantastic piece i'm going to persuade you to do that one for me in the second half definitely in a few minutes so so i want to hear that one straight away so yeah now straight away with it so like obviously we better talk obviously next time about your relationship with performance poetry then so i would say so i know you said you were a page poet originally not the same for me really I'm just a guy saying nowadays, I just read out what I want to read out in my gobshite. <laughs> but tell us about your relationship with performance poetry in contrast to page poetry. I think that I think that instinctively as a child, I wrote performance poetry. I wrote a lot of songs, a lot of, you know, the, my poetry had rhythm and, and tempo and, and, and often had repetition, like almost like choruses in it, like untaught. I then went to university and fell in love with just breaking poetry apart and writing free verse but in a way that isn't just a lump of writing on the page because free verse is so much more than that and often is more difficult to to get right than than say a structured poem like a sonnet or a villanelle or you know any any other kind of structured poem um and i don't like rules either so i loved that it was up to me when the line ended and when it broke and why it broke, um, making the reader feel that extra pause before they fell to the next line. Um, but instinctively, I wanted to add lots of fast words and punches and have power in it. Um, but it wasn't really popular when I was at uni. Um, I think it came about, it was about 10 years ago that it really started, like slams and that kind of poetry started. It was no longer just people standing on stage, reading very blandly, monotonely, and it became all about the performance as well. Um, and when I discovered that in the, in lockdown, so I didn't even realise it was going on, um, I fell in love with it. And that side of the original me came out and combined with the page poet that I'd sort of taught myself to be. And yeah, um, this is what's coming out now. I, it's still, I'm still learning with it. I, I, I'm, I don't think I'm brilliant at it. I think that it's, we're always learning as, as, as writers, aren't we? And we're always evolving and, and getting better. Always believe so. Yeah, and, and learning off other people. I love listening to others because that's where I get my tricks from. 
Um, and yeah, yeah, no, I'm firm believer, firm believer in that because I, and that's what's been great over lockdown, really. Because, like, certainly the spoken label, for example, I've met so many poets and stuff that I probably wouldn't have met otherwise. I go into Zoom nights and just give you the chance on it as well. You're thinking, like, you look like being, oh, brilliant, they're on tonight as well. I want to watch them. Yeah, that's exactly it. And also for people like myself with hidden disabilities, um, having mm. autism, I did not have the cojones to go out there and stand on a stage with a bunch of people that I'd never met that might not even like poetry standing there watching me. And even now, it's something I'm now working on this year. I've started working on and I've done two in-person performances. Oh, I was going to ask you, had you got into the set, onto the set, onto the in-person stage yet then? Yeah, so that's brilliant, brilliant. Yeah. How, um, where did you read them? Well, then, tell us about that then. In in person, I yeah. did. Um, Words Stafford did an event. Um, it was the Stafford Lit Fest. Oh, Mel! So then Mel would have been involved in that again. Yeah, I, I, I love Mel. Mel, Mel, she's yeah. she's a power. Talk, what's the word? Power to force. Because her really and, she came down to um, speak easy my night in Torchon. She did all the way down from Stafford. And she had to read there for four for four minutes. I never loved her, and thought they just. Yeah. She's such a personality, she is. Oh, brilliant. Beautiful soul. Yeah, absolutely loved to bits. Yeah. Um, she was I went to a writing group online. That was the first like creak through the door. Um, and then after doing that for a couple of months, I then reached out to Mel. I found mm. out she was the poet laureate. So I sent her an email, really nervous, sweating, like, oh my God, you know what I mean? Um, saying, Hi, I'd love, I'd love to come to one of your events or something. And she was so warm in her reply that I was able to take that step onto going onto Zoom and actually turning up. And I think it was silent for the whole thing. I don't even think I put my video on for the first one. That's how nervous I was. Um, but slowly but surely, each each event, I, I, I took an extra step, do you know what I mean? Um, and, and did an extra thing. That, so I was always nervous, but I was breaking the barrier for myself each time. Um, and every time I passed that nerve, I got less nervous about the next thing because I had evidence that everything that I'd done up to that point was nerve-wracking, but actually came out okay. Um, so yeah, I went to words. It's baby steps. It's baby steps. Always is anything baby like that. Steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Take your own pace. We've all got our own journey and our own pace. And I think that's one of the most important lessons that I've been teaching myself is that my path is my path. Other people might be able to churn out ten poems a day. I can't do that. I really oh, can't. Especially if you see, you know, I have how much yeah. I edit. So I really yeah. can't just churn out poetry like that. It doesn't no, happen no. for me. Never, never been yeah. that pace. Never that pace yeah. myself, so um, yeah. But that's Completely. okay because that's me. Yeah. Um. So yeah, baby steps basically, and then did well in the slams. Started doing the slams, and then went on to Ubihive and did a slam and did really didn't you, well. Didn't you win one? Didn't you win? I was at the one you won that, didn't you? I imagine things. This year. Yeah, this year. Yeah. Well, I yeah. finished last year. I did. I did it about four times last year, and each time got slightly more improved. And to the point where I got second and was able to be in the final. That was it. That was it. Yeah, in the final. And then when it started up again in May, um, I was, I was on the um, sh I was on the reserves list, so I mm. didn't even know until just beforehand that I was going to be on. Um, maybe that's why I was all right because I wasn't overthinking it. So yeah. I just I went, think... oh okay, yeah, and just because of what I've been doing for the past year, I went in and I felt a lot 
the nerves weren't there that night. It was weird. It was really, it was really good night. I just felt really comfortable in my own skin and confident without being cocky, but I just yeah. felt confident in who I was. And if that gets points, great. And if it doesn't, big walk. Tough. Because Tough. poetry, not points. And exactly. I don't mind losing. Yeah. No, no, the completely. To be able to lose. Yeah. <laughs> if you can learn to lose, then you're going to love it. If you don't like losing, don't do it. Do open mics um, because you'll just get frustrated. And that's not what slams should be about. It should be about the emotion. You get, I find you get darker subject matters. Um, I think that really strong poetry comes out in it. It's always the most polished work, whereas sometimes in an open mic, you get works in progress, which is wonderful too. And I love that for what that is. But yeah, I love the polishness and the, and the, the, the powerful subject matters that people go for, you know, they, because they know it gets points. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I agree. I agree with you completely. It's, there is a sort of poem called a slam poem that's much more than an open mic poem or a page poem. Mm. So, yeah, I know yeah. you completely with me. So, start wrapping up now, Ashley, so I want to give you time to read a few pieces for us today. A couple of questions to wrap up with. Obviously, first of all, where do you envisage your work going next? Do you have a direction you're looking at next? Um, I don't have a specific direction. I just have urges of what I want to do and they don't actually directly relate to one another. So I'm right I'm part way through writing a fantasy novel and then I'm actually gonna do NaNoWriMo and I'm going to write something that's set in the real world, which for me with fiction normally I stick to fantasy. So this is going to be completely different. It's going to be train spotting meets um oranges are not the only fruit. So semi-autobiographical. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. But train spotting uh would be my past history is a discreet way of putting it. <laughs> um so it's yeah, it's gonna be for adults definitely. Um and about autism. And I'm gonna do it in first person. So that's gonna be a, a good new challenge. I don't know what's gonna come out of it, whether it's gonna be a novella or something more, but I'm just gonna try and enjoy writing. And see what comes of it. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree with you. I do agree with you completely. Always just writing. No, nothing is ever the same that you're at from the previous mm -hmm. ones. I know. Good luck with it, definitely. Amanda's done it before now. I know she's done at least one novel through that she has. I wouldn't yeah. have a cut. I've done um, have you ever done National Poetry Writing Month, Napoino in April? No, I um because I don't like writing poetry, because it takes so much out of me. Yeah, I don't think I could. It would feel like churning out, and and I'm not a fan of that. So unless unless I did it with haikus, just like a little thought for the day kind of thing, I think that would be how I would do it if I was going to. Well, that's what tells you. I've done the last well two years in Napoino actually. I I've actually done it done it directly as that, and it's I found it quite rewarding actually doing doing mm. it that way. So I'll do, I'll do the same next year as well. Like, Poke me when it comes around then and I'll have a go, maybe. See how, see how far I get through with it. Yeah, yeah, no, good luck, but definitely so. Now, obviously, um, we've, we've been going on the edges already, so about you've been, new, oh, well, you're kind of new book, you're reissued book. When is it out? So I actually have a launch date, hmm. and I'm told we are looking at Valentine's Day. Next year. So February 14th, yeah. Next yeah. year, 2023, so that's brilliant. That, this podcast will yeah, be way out before then, right? So <laughs> Yeah, I thought so, but we've decided to to do it that way because of the timing of Valentine's Day and the, the themes of love and happiness that are in the book. And also that gives us time to set up a proper launch online and maybe really? an in-person one if we can achieve that. Um, no, good luck. Good luck. Keep us informed, okay? 
I like it for free. Yeah. I'll, be, yeah. I'll, be, I'll be long to watch it. It's no problem with that one. So love well, to see you do a full set. If we do an in-person one, it would be as local as possible. So we're talking Stoke-on-Trent, Manchester or Birmingham would be Let me know. Local. Let me know. That's depending on dates, I'll be there. So definitely that one. Now, obviously, to wrap up then, obviously, um, if people want to find out more about you, where are they best going so you can get me on Facebook. I'm very open with my life. Um, I find that, that people that like my poetry like to hear what's going on. So you are welcome to friend request me as Ashley Edgy Edge, which is Edgy is E-H-J-E-E. Um, I'm also available on Twitter um, under Ashley Edge Poet and Instagram is under Observing Muse. And I did have a blog under Observant Muse um, on WordPress, and it's still there. And there is some poetry in there, um, including a couple of early edits of poems that are in the book, to be fair. Um, but I haven't actually been on the blog for a couple of years. I've been a bit too busy to keep up with my blog. <laughs> so I think the word I use is you've been living your life, right? Is that probably the best way of putting it? It's been getting published, to be fair, mate. <laughs> so yeah, that's actually exactly. what happened. And now exactly. I don't kind of want to put my poetry on there in case I want to use it for for other reasons. Do you know what I mean? So that's that's why it's actually happened rather than any lazy reasons. Um, no, no, that's fair play. Not fair play. Good luck with the book, definitely, Ashley. So, right, we're going to take a quick break, guys and girls. Thank you again for this, Ashley. It's been fantastic. So we're going to let you do a few pieces in the second half. See you all in two shakes. Spoken, Hi, guys. Yes, Andy N. Fantastic, Ashley Edge. Oh, to Ashley now, she's going to do pieces from this wonderful up-and-coming book. Over to you, Ashley. Thank you, Andy, mate. Okay, so I thought I'd start with the gender-fluid one, the one that's the bonus content. Um, it's called Gender Fluid, and it's it says on the tin what it's about, so I'll give it a read anyway. Um, gender Fluid. I never used to think about it. I tried as a teenager, but only because someone asked me. Do you want to be a boy? No, I don't. I don't want a dick. The idea sounds rather claustrophobic. I felt offended just because I wasn't girly or femme, just because I hated the draft the dress gave, the access it suggested, just because I hated makeup, the sensation of closed pores, gunk in my eyes. I felt ridiculed. Just because I preferred boxers to thongs, trainers to platforms, hoodies to cardies. Just because I paid attention to footy scores, ignored boy bands and pop charts, obsessed over Ronaldo, not Robbie. I felt wounded, made to feel an outcast because I hung out with lads for their personalities and hung out with girls for their scent. Why did that mean I must want to be a boy? Why? I never used to think about it. I tried as a 20-something, but there was no word, or no word that worked. I tried on a couple, tomboy, androgynous, but the words fit like baggy jeans. I felt the sneaky breeze creep up my ankles and down my ass crack. I heard the grip of wind whispering, these are not your clothes, these are not your words. They call me an attention seeker, say I do it to stand out, tell me to just conform that life will be easier, have more acceptance and less abuse. I refuse. 
I cannot wear another skin. The itch is unbearable and sends me insane. I cannot be another sheep. I do not bleat. I prefer to roar. So here I stand, neither boy nor girl, as I tell you that gender was constructed from the human urge to label and file, to hang a tag from your ear like a cow. Here I stand, neither man nor woman, as I tell you that society was wrong when it fell for man's tricks. Here I stand, a circle, not a square. Here I stand, neither one nor the other. There you go, so that's gender fluid. Brilliant. Now, it's such a really good, great piece to start the book off now. So I think it kind of made sense for you to do that one first for us here, so... It kind of set you definitely set your stall, doesn't it? Really, for what you're going to do in the rest of the book, really, I think so. Yeah, it, it yeah. tells my story as succinctly as possible, if you know what I mean. Yeah, um, yeah, no. Brilliant yeah, stuff. yeah. Brilliant stuff. Okay, okay. On to piece so, number two. Piece number two, I'm going to do the one that you requested, uh, which is Back Garden Goodbyes. I remember the swing of the axe as we stood watching his muscles flex, his beard twitch, sweat in a V on his chest. I remember hopping from one foot to the other, rubbing hands together, a cacophony of glee and laughter left our throats. I remember he stopped to ask where my trainers were as I wiggled my toes in the warm grass skin of my heels on the skin of our earth. He made a notch in the tree, pale, fresh, newborn wood, aphasia breaking through wizened bark. Like a golfer judging his swing, as the ball rests on its tee, ready for takeoff, he swung. He hacked, hewed, mopped his brow, hacked, hewed, kneaded, aching shoulders. As it fell, the ground trembling through my souls to my soul, Porgy's coffin groaned, and I swear I felt her twitch beneath me. Yeah, it's about my dad. I mean, it's... <laughs> you know what I love about that then, actually? What I love about that then, when you only read that one back was, it was like, the first piece was like, quite, you could hear the difference in your tone and you're reading between the pair of them. Yeah. Really good choices there. To get into that voice, ready, yeah, totally different voice emotions, um, place in my head when I'm when I'm talking there, yeah. Um, brilliant stuff, brilliant stuff. No, it does great choices. Um, it shows different sides of the book immediately. So brilliant. Yeah. Okay, on to sound as um, Monty Piper says. Now for something completely different. <laughs> Definitely, we're going to go with Daisy Chain next, which is um, sweet love. I'm going to call it. Um, that's what it's about. Sweet, innocent love. We met at the after-school book club. Two geeks in a pod. When she spoke, I was rapt, watching her talk with her hands, gesturing enthusiasm for Mallory Towers, seeing her talk with her eyes, how they sparkled for Anastasia Krupnik. Too young to understand why I needed to be near her. I wanted so badly to invite her for tea, share my toys, show her the books I slept with, my paper-scented teddy bears. Primal instinct prodded me, discouraged me, 
as though it knew this wasn't normal. A sand pit of confusion, a tummy of worms and butterflies, ladybirds and dragonflies. My throat a gobstopper lump as we sit at the back of the school field, shaded by evergreen pines, the screeching of happy football playing kids floating by on the wind. She talked about why George was better than Dick or Julian. I plucked daisies and pierced holes in their stems with nimble eight-year-old fingers, threaded daisy into daisy, quietly wrapped the chain around her wrist. There you go. Daisy chain. Sweet love. Oh, that's beautiful. <laughs> beautiful, that one. Oh, what a... It's God, you think really like the first you think you've got the balance things now showed you like the first one was your really angry piece, but I mean get it is yeah. showing you are. Then the second one's a karma piece. That's just that's quite a tender that's really quite tender that. That's beautiful. I have my moments. Oh we, <laughs> I like we all do. I like tender. <laughs> I'm, too, I'm <laughs> no. too loud usually for people to realise I have a soft side. But <laughs> it's one thing I struggle with with poet when people say what kind of poetry do you write? Mm. I'm like anything and everything, any mood any feeling, any subject, because everything's worth writing about. So, yeah, no, yeah they will perfect. be angry, they will be soft, and, and that's the beauty, I think. No, I agree, I agree. Okay, okay, right, we better get on to the big conclusion now. So we go we're going to go with, keeping on, keep it under the wraps, because I mentioned it earlier, didn't I, about it. This, this is proof that I, I sometimes don't edit. Um, this was originally written on my arm in... I think it was maths class <laughs> so that's how it started life um, and i had to protect that until i got home and could find a piece of paper to write on so and it stayed like this ever since might have been the odd word that maybe my editor changed but that's about it keep it under wraps there goes my girlfriend hanging with her friends giggling at cute boys and discussing makeup tips no one knows a thing yet because that's what she wants. Walking by myself, trying to keep Storm yearning to go to her, to kiss her and say hi. She wants to keep us quiet. She wants me to tell no one, but meet her later on. We'll go up to my bedroom, listen to 70s punk and kiss sweetly, just like other couples. Her parents think we're friends, Best mates, says her mum, oblivious to our intimacy. Keep it under wraps, she whispers. My mum's a homophobe. There you go. One of my earliest pieces that still exists and hasn't been buried and hidden. <laughs> it's got a great ending there, because like it was like that one. It's like the first of the piece is like taking its time developing. You wrap it up really well, not last, last a little bit there, you do by keeping it under wraps. So, no, fantastic. Mm -hmm. Been a pleasure today, Ashley. So I've really enjoyed your say. So thank you for today for this. So anyway, guys and girls, that's it for today for another episode of Spoken Label. As Don Callis Impact Wrestling says, stay safe and stay over. And we will see you all next time. Spoken Label.